This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and of course, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. After week number three in the NFL, obviously it closes out tonight, Monday Night Football, another double header on the ESPN family of networks with Philly and Tampa, the Rams and Cincinnati, no word yet on Joe Burrow. As yesterday, I think the three biggest headlines around the NFL, yes, Taylor Swift did show up for Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. The Miami Dolphins dropped 70, 70, mm, 70 mm, points mm. in an NFL game and could have scored more, but actually decided not to out of respect for the overall game and to not make it even to, into a bigger storyline. And the other one was that the Dallas Cowboys shockingly went on the road and lost the Arizona Cardinals as before the game, Jerry Jones is sitting there actually signing babies. There's a viral video out there of Jerry Jones signing a baby. And uh, who was photographing and, and taking pictures all day yesterday at that game? Ken Griffey Jr. Who, <laughs> Ken Griffey, I don't know what, the 90s Mariners are now into photography. Randy Johnson yeah. is a photographer and tried to beat up a photographer. And Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> he really is a photographer now. And Ken Griffey Jr. is just sitting there with the backwards hat, the kid with the vest and everything, just photographing the game yesterday. And it was an ugly game for the Dallas Cowboys as Dak Prescott threw an awful pick late. And you got to give the Arizona Cardinals credit because this is a team that we all thought was tanking. And they have played well. They arguably should have beaten the Giants. They did beat, of course, the um, Cowboys yesterday, and I think we're all kind of shocked that they're playing as well as they're playing right now. Yeah, we're definitely shocked that the Arizona Cardinals are showing this much fight and playing in this manner because we thought they'd be tanking for Caleb Williams. But that's still no excuse for the Dallas Cowboys. They have to come out and beat the Arizona Cardinals after the dominance we saw from them for the first two weeks. They weren't great yesterday. They were one of five in the red zone. Dak had that really mm. bad uh, pick in the end zone. If the Dallas Cowboys want to be taken seriously, you have to come out and be the Arizona Cardinals. You can't let what you did in the first two weeks be culminated in week three by a loss to this team that even though they're showing some fight, we're still putting in the conversation as one of the worst teams in the NFL. Oh, no doubt. And they had the turnover on downs in the red zone at the end of the third quarter, too. It's just awful offense, awful play calling, even worse execution by the Dallas Cowboys. But the other part that's jarring when you look at this team, 16 penalties yesterday from the Cowboys, 13 accepted. Like, how is that even possible? Like, it just shows a lack of focus. And, and to me, it illustrates an organization, a team that thought they were just going to roll their helmet out there in Arizona and win against a team that everybody thought was tanking coming into the season. And they got shocked. They got shocked by the Arizona Cardinals. And the thing that also was a bit of a surprise was how the Cardinals won the physical battle against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, they just muscled on them on the offensive line. Paris Campbell, D.J. Humphreys, they bullied that off, that defensive front for the Dallas Cowboys. They ran the ball right at Micah Parsons to the tune of 30 rushes for 222 yards. That's 7.4 yards an attempt. I mean, James Conner and Rondell Moore took turns hitting their head on the goalpost. That, that's an absolute embarrassment for a defense that prides itself on being elite. They got embarrassed yesterday. Now, I don't know how much the absence of Trayvon Diggs factored into their performance. Had to, right? I, I think you heard Dak Prescott allude to it a little bit of how it was an emotional week. And then just from a logistics standpoint, you saw the blown coverage that led to a 69-yard catch and run by Michael Wilson, the receiver from the Arizona Cardinals. But, I mean, that that can't be the reason why you lose a game to a team that is inferior to yours in terms of talent 
and a team that has less experience on the sidelines in the way of their head coach in comparison to yours. That is absolutely unacceptable from Mike McCarthy, and it's unacceptable from Dak Prescott. A quick word before we get back to this Cowboys loss. I do want to point something out because we do have news here. Uh, courtesy of WEEI in Boston, Bill Belichick has chimed in on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's important to note. This is an amazing quote. Quote, I would say that Travis Kelsey has had a lot of big catches in his career. This would be the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> what a line! Very, very well done. What a Bill line! Very, very, very well wow. done. Wow! Very Look well at done. Belichick, very com- well done. I guarantee this is going to bother people. Let's see if this goes the way I'm hoping it's going to go. Uh oh. CC. What up? Guys that you know that have played for Belichick. They all say he's funny or not funny. They say he's funny as hell. That's the point. They say go he's ahead. funny. They say he's funny as hell. This is a coach that's well aware of all things, not just X's and O's on the field, but what's going on off the field. So shout out to Bill Belichick. But, I mean, one of the things that we didn't anticipate seeing on the field was what the Dallas Cowboys did yesterday. No, and there's no spin. There's no way around it. Like, I guess throughout a 17-game season, you expect things like this to happen, but not so early after this team has been riding high. I mean, they, they beat up on the New York football teams, and you're thinking they're going to go out to Arizona, they're going to find a way to keep that momentum rolling, and it gets interrupted. Now, no Trey Diggs on the defensive side of the ball, no Tyron Smith, no Zach Martin in the lineup on the offensive side of the ball. So that might contribute to why they got beat up when it comes to the physical battle overall. But again, there is no excuse for the lack of execution in the critical phases and the self-inflicting wound. The turnover – and then you're talking about the penalties. Those things can't happen if you're going to win games in our league. And it seems like too often we're talking about Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, this being their undoing. Turnovers and penalties. The most penalized team in the NFL going back to the start of 2021. And then you're talking about this team in the 13 losses that they've had in the last two, two years and three games, 11 of them, they didn't win the turnover battle. So, I mean, when this defense is not creating takeaways, when they're not creating extra possession for the offense, how are the Dallas Cowboys going to have success? I'll tell you how they need to. It has to be their quarterback playing at a high level, and too often Dak doesn't do that in those spots. Yeah, I'm disappointed, honestly, because I've been a supporter of Dak's, and I've been a supporter of McCarthy's, and I still am. I still am a supporter of both of theirs. But yesterday it hurts, because yesterday's the kind of game that if you're a great team, you bench your guys after the third, not bench, you rest your guys after the third quarter, right? I've been hard on Buffalo, specifically with um, Josh Allen and the turnovers in, in day one or game one of the season. Well, yesterday against Washington, a team that's 2-0, and a team that they still should beat, they win 37-3. Josh <clears throat> Allen doesn't play the whole way, right? Doesn't need to. Patrick Mahomes yesterday gives way to Blaine Gabbert. Doesn't need to play the whole way. If you're a great team, you dominate teams that are not in your league And Dallas Cowboys not only did not dominate, they lost that game yesterday to a point that Dak has to throw his first interception of of the season. Not has to, does throw the first interception of the season for him in the end zone, late in the game, in still a game they could have figured out a way of maybe possibly winning. Very disappointed with the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah, I said the Cowboys were the best team through the first two weeks. And I was left yesterday being like, why do I ever trust them? You know, it's one of those things with the Cowboys where you want to believe in them. They outscore their first two opponents 70 to 10. I know it was the Giants and the Aaron Rodgerless Jets, but you still want to believe in them. And then they come out and they lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Self-inflicted, self-inflicted wounds. It's the story of the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the thing. I think that Arizona showed the rest of the league what the blueprint is. If you're going to neutralize that Cowboys pass rush, run the ball right at number 11. 
That's what you do. You put big bodies on number 11 and all of those pass rushers, all of those edge guys, and you make them stop the run game. And that was an old-school run game yesterday from the Arizona Cardinals. It wasn't that inside-outside zone. They were pulling guards. They were pulling tackles. They had tight ends coming from the backside, and they were just muscling up against the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas had no answers. And to me, that was the biggest surprise that Dallas would allow themselves to get bullied the way that they did. Now, I know they drafted my Smith in the first round. He has yet to show up. And the other guys that they have on the interior, Jonathan Hankins, Osa Digizua, those guys have got to be better in that spot in terms of stopping the run and creating downs and distances where Michael Parsons can impact the game. Now, I'm not saying that Michael was a complete no-show because he did have a sack in that game. He had some pressures. But overall, them not being able to get that Cardinals offense off schedule was a part of why the Cardinals were able to close out that game. Go back to the Micah thing, running at the guy. Okay, so is that what you would suggest? Back in the day, teams would do it. Lawrence Taylor, what teams? Well, Ray Lewis is different because he's a run stopper. Yeah. But any great pass rusher, you play with Strahan. Is that what you do with any great pass rusher? Well, I mean, listen, guys love to rush the passer. Those great pass rushers, they don't love playing the run. So you make them do what they don't love, and you make them disinterested in the game. Now, you best believe that Bill Belichick in week four, that's what he's going to make the Dallas Cowboys do. And coming right after that, that's what the San Francisco 49ers are going to do. They are going to make the Cowboys defensive front bow up and stop the run. You want to rush our quarterback? We're not going to give you that privilege because we're going to run the ball right after you. If you end up stopping the run, then God bless you. But I think that has to be the mentality out physical the Dallas Cowboys front seven, and that'll give you a chance. And then just allow the Dallas Cowboys to make all the mistakes, make the turnovers, make the penalties. If you can avoid those self-inflicting wounds, which Bill Belichick talks about all the time, he says, before you can win a game, you got to avoid losing the game. Well, that's something that the Dallas Cowboys do, do very well. So I think that's the thing that you have to focus on. Again, this is a tricky spot for the Dallas Cowboys. They started out 2-0. I could see a world where you're talking about this team ending up two and three going into that week six matchup against the Chargers. 888 say ESPN, 888-729-3776 is the telephone number to be a part of the show to chime in with your thoughts. Dr. Pepper thoughts, of course, here at ESPN Nation, 888-SAY-ESPN. I think we need people to weigh in, don't we, on do they buy into Taylor and Travis? They think they're dating? Because CeCe and I are not sold based on this, and Smalls is telling us we're nuts. That absolutely Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey are dating. You and I are both like, they're not there uh, yet. You know what? I was like that until Bill Belichick chimed in. I mean, when <laughs> Belichick said that might be the best catch that Travis has made in his entire career, then, I mean, if he's saying that, then maybe they are a real thing. What, what does she have to gain from this? She the, is the diversion. biggest star the in the thing. world. I know. She really is, though. Why would she need Travis Kelsey? She doesn't. She's there because she wants to be, guys. Like The on. confirmation of biggest star in the world was made this morning when Bill Belichick actually commented on it. Belichick comments. He won't even comment on Mac Jones. That's his quarterback. And he comments on Taylor Swift. I mean, that's an unbelievable thing. Let me tell you this. The Chiefs are on the verge of a dynasty. They're a dynastic team. They are the reigning Super Bowl champions. And if you go to the Kansas City page on ESPN.com, the first thing is a video of Taylor Swift celebrating a Travis Kelsey touchdown. How could it not be? What's the other option? That just shows you the impact of this woman. She transcends the reigning Super Bowl champs. It's not close. I mean, she's so much bigger than anything in football right now. It's just nuts. But, yeah, I still am not sold that they are dating. Are they? Yes or no? <laughs> yes or no? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are you in or out? And do you like this? We didn't even get that thought. Do you like this as a couple or no, Smalls? I'm fine with it. 
You don't love it, though. She seems like she's having fun. So I think it's great for her. She's in the box. She's cheering. She's she's high-fiving. She's banging the glass. If Taylor's having fun with it, I'm down. Okay. All right. We will get some phone calls in on that. Cowboys awful yesterday. Plus, is it time to start questioning the head coach in one city that was supposed to be a lot better than they are? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> they didn't do the whole part. I just left me hanging there. <laughs> Presented by Progressive Insurance. Dolphins Radio. I was just going to let you go off, King. I mean, you, were sing- <laughs> you were singing Rick Ross. I was going to let you have it. You know I, know you, Ross- I know you live so many years in South Florida. so my, uh, my wife always looked at Rick Ross and was so jealous of him. He had a picture of himself on the bottom of his pool. That it's like a, like a uh, drawing of Rick Ross at the bottom of his pool. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, um, she always wanted, like, hey, if we get a pool one day, we should get pictures of ourselves. Sounds the bottom like a of the tremendous pool. waste of money. I would agree. <laughs> but if you're Rick Ross, you've got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. well, not for him. It's not a waste of money. Dolphins Radio Network. Sean Payton frustrated after that. Garrett Bowles, the offensive lineman for the Broncos, who talks about just all the losing there. We're going to get back to that in just a second here. But yes, um, this is going to be the audio of the day. This is going to be everywhere. Uh, we must play it for you. Bill Belichick, weekly interview, Greg Hill Show, WEEI in Boston, asked about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Well, I would say that Travis Kelsey's had a lot. Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. (laughs) This would be the biggest. I mean, he said you could tell he said it with a smile and enjoying himself on that. Is that the headline of week three in the NFL? Hundred percent. Is Taylor Taylor Swift watching Travis Kelsey? Bigger than the Dolphins scoring 70? Bigger even than close. the Cowboys yes. losing to a team we thought was tanking in the Arizona car? Like, is Taylor Swift going to see Travis's game and then Travis walking out of the stadium the biggest headline for the NFL week Not three? Not close. He was the biggest winner by far in week three. The With? biggest winner by far. I'm so his team wa- won 41 to 10, but he was the bigger winner. He's the bigger winner. Wow. I'm, we're sitting there watching the games yesterday. I looked down at my phone. Every single push notifi- notification I got from every big media entity is all about Taylor Swift being at the Chiefs game. Wow. It, it's literally not close. It is by far and away the biggest story from week three. And it's going to become a continuous thing. Because now what happens is if she's not at the games, you wonder why. Oh, she's not there. 
What's happening? Are they not a couple anymore? So let me ask you this, Smalls. What's, what's, what's longer? The Chiefs championship window with Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes or Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship? Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs championship window. Wow. So you think they're here for a good time, not a long time. I'm rooting for these two crazy kids. I hope they find love in a hopeless place. Shout out Rihanna. Give us the album, babe. But I <laughs> don't know if this is going to be something that we see last. She's a busy woman. She's busy dominating the global stage, infusing the economy with billions of dollars. He's out there trying to win another Super Bowl championship. I just don't know if their schedules will allow it. I hope so. I hope we continue to see her at the games because I want to talk about it. I think it's a fun conversation. Well, well, the tour is over, though, right? So she should be at more I, of the games, shouldn't she? I think some she? other dates have, have maybe been added. And now she's releasing oh. a movie. Yeah. Because I know my daughter's going to see the movie. And, like, it's just a movie about the tour. So she's just so big that unless Travis retires and is the guy that ultimately holds his wife purse everywhere she goes, then they're <laughs> not going to make it, is what you're saying. So you're saying he might have to turn into Jay-Z and be an Instagram husband. Yeah. I think he'd be good at it. I mean, if you're Travis Kelsey, are those your choices? Do, I mean, do you keep playing to try to win rings? You retire or do right you, now. Or do you just give her the ring and you say, I'm done playing football? Okay, so let's play out the hypothetical. Right. The hypothetical is Travis Kelsey has the remainder of his career to do yeah. whatever he wants. Or he's guaranteed marriage and forever with Taylor Swift by retiring today. Ooh. Peace out. You the deuces. You know what happens? You know what? In that scenario, Brent Veach, the general manager of the, the Chiefs, is calling the Vikings about TJ Hawkinson, who just signed an extension, <laughs> because they need a new tight end, because he's out. I mean, Travis Kelsey could be the greatest tight end of all time. He's not. Stop it. No, he could be. I'm, not. I'm not saying he is now, but he could be. Okay, I'm gonna, it, now you're going to He could be the greatest <laughs> tight end of all time. Like, if he wins more championships with Mahomes, he's got the stats to back it up. Like, he's... He, he, Shannon Sharp said he's one of the best, if not the best tight end of all time. And that's a guy that's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, if Shannon Sharp says it, then I got to take his word for it. Travis Kelsey could be the greatest tight end of all time when his career is over. Okay. So walking away from that for Taylor Swift, are you really going to do that, dog? Are you really going to do that? What's I'm a, just saying. Right, I'm just saying, really what's a better business that? decision? Okay, hold on a second here. Because now you're taking us back to football and it's bothering me. Not, not you, but I'm saying the take. So... <laughs> Are we are we putting when you're saying greatest tight end of all time? Is Taylor Swift on that resume? Or are you saying just from a football perspective? Just from a football okay. standpoint, he is oh, nowhere man. near the greatest tight end of all time. Have we never seen Rob Gronkowski play? Rob Gronkowski is a better ca- pass catcher. He's a significantly better blocker, and he's one more. Well, people, unless you're going to put Tra- Taylor Swift on there, and shout out to Camille Costic, because if we're going to do that, she's on the Gronk resume too, and she's wonderful and a success in herself, just like Taylor Swift. They both have successful significant others. Gronk is so much better than, t- than Travis Kelsey. It's not close, because a tight end's job is to block as well. Well, I mean— Rob has got four All-Pros. Travis has already got four All-Pros. Probably going to get a fifth one this year. Gronk has four rings. Travis is nowhere near done, and he's got two. So, I mean, there's a chance that he could catch him with the rings, and he's clearly going to exceed him when it comes to the number of All-Pros. So why can't we consider him in the conversation of greatest He's on that trajectory. I'm going to tell you why. Because if I said to you as a defensive lineman, Travis Kelsey is going to try to block you. You're salivating. Yeah, I'm going to laugh, but here's the thing. Right, Travis, if I say Travis, is Travis Kelsey is a better pass catcher than Rob Gronkowski. What if I said that Gronk is going to bro- block you? Well, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. Well, first of all, I'm laughing at both of those guys trying to block me one-on-one. But anyway, <laughs> like Travis Kelsey is a better pass catcher than Rob Gronkowski. I just think it's interesting that 
we've got a Hall of Fame tight end that works at ESPN that's saying that Travis Kelsey could be the greatest tight end of all time, and then you're dismissing the possibility that it could happen. Yeah, I played high school quarterback. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe if I played for Mike McDaniel, I would have been better. My there God. you go. I'm pretty sure. That's a guarantee. That's a lock. Are we sure about that? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know how bad I was? I, you, you, yeah, eight interceptions yeah. at Nyack. Again, tough a place tough to place to play. Thank I you. understand I that. I appreciate that. Yeah, CC. exactly. Well, no, here's the thing, man. Like... <laughs> I think that this Travis Kelsey thing is great for football because the NFL is trying to create that crossover anyway into the mainstream and having Taylor Swift at the games. Nobody won more than Travis Kelsey yesterday, but if there's a close second, it has to be Roger Goodell. He's smiling that Taylor Swift is taking time out of her schedule to be at an NFL game. Let me ask you guys this. If they stay together, will this be America's version of the royal couple? Because football is king in America, and yeah. Travis Kelsey's not a quarterback, but he's one of the best players on the reigning champions. He's one of the most prominent figures in the NFL. Hosted Saturday Night Live. He he's hosted Saturday Night He's transcending appeal. football. Yeah. She is arguably the most famous woman in our country. Yeah. If those two get together, that is, I mean, well, they're together. If they remain together. See, I, I got to see it first, though. That's a power couple. So, I got to see it first, though. I don't know that they're together yet. I Like, I got to see okay, but if they are. some kind of uh, PDA, something. I got to see you want them to the make confirmation. Out. I don't, they're I don't, not Jay-Z and they, Beyonce. They, they, I got I to see something right now because I feel like Travis could get friend-zoned here. Like, I know he's used to finding the end zone, She's but he might be in the friend zone. with already She's be. She's not wearing his jersey. Mother. They're not holding hands when they leave the game. I don't know. He could be friend-zoned. He may her a friendship bracelet, she could just hold him in there as that kid in the corner and saying, I'll come to your game as your friend. I agree. I'll hang out with your mom as your friend. Until I see some PDA or until their publicists come out with a joint statement saying their thing and they come up with a cute name, I ain't buying that Travis Kelsey's arm is strong enough to pull Taylor Swift. I this agree. is the confirmation. We saw it yesterday. Look at this. Look at them walking out. They want to hold hands. They're not they're holding aware. hands, they want though. To. Look they're at the not. Hands. They're lingering by each and other. The hands are. They want to touch, Travis, but they Travis know the cameras gonna get are it. Travis ain't going to get it. I hope he don't get it. No, I'm just hating. Well, but anyway. Kelsey, had, no, Kelsey had a look of like, hi. Like, I, like, he didn't have the look of like, I'm actually with her. He had the look of almost I'm nervous around her. But I don't think they're the top couple in America. I think Jay-Z and Beyonce are still bigger because Jay-Z is significantly better at what he does than what Kelsey does, right? His, like, Kelsey's not Brady or Mahomes. If it was Brady or Mahomes or Rodgers with, with her, that's different. He's still at the second tier of celebrity, if even that, in the NFL. So, so, so did the Bears benefit more by having Taylor Swift at the game than Travis did? No, because everyone non-football fan saw how bad they are. That's the worst <laughs> thing for the bad. Like, it's one thing yeah, for the Bears to have the football point. fans that's see them. Point. Non-football fans are saying, wait, are teams supposed to be that bad in the NFL? Because, like, where were Travis Kelsey and Mahomes in the fourth quarter? Oh, they didn't need to play. It was Blaine Gabbard in there in that fourth quarter. I think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are almost there. I don't think they're there. I agree with CeCe. I think they're not a hundred percent a couple yet, and there's nowhere they're nowhere near Jay-Z and Beyonce. I don't know what kind of relationships you two have had in your day, but I am not going on the biggest stage in the country, which is an NFL game, where I know every camera's going to be on me, and sitting with my rumored boyfriend's mom in his suite, if we're not a thing. It's a fair argument. It is a fair argument. But they st- would you go to a friend's game 
You probably would. With yes. Your I don't think I'd be sitting next to the mother yes, in the suite. Yes, you would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. If it's your this friend. Is a, this is a new friendship or a new relationship. This is at the precipice of what it's going to be. The rose is Who's just. So, okay, okay. So here, okay. Here, here's what we just learned, Ev. Yeah. When we see Smalls and John Mayer courtside <laughs> at a Knicks game. They're together. They are together. together. Right. They are not friends. They are absolutely together. Even if she's not holding his hand when they walk out That's of the garden. That's a very good They point. are together. No, no here's the difference. Point. If I'm sitting front row at the concert with the guest pass on, staring at him the way she was staring at Travis Kelsey on the field yesterday, then you know it's a thing. But there is that old argument, and I don't necessarily believe this, that people of opposite genders or people that are attracted to each other gender-wise, whatever that is, I don't care, cannot be friends. It's almost like you're saying a male and a female in this case could not be friends. There has to no, be something going on. not saying that at all. I'm saying in this particular instance. Right. They're rumored to be dating. Heading into this game, it was one of the biggest rumors or mm-hmm. biggest storylines heading into week three. They are not unaware of that. They're not going to feed into this unless it's a thing. All the small things next on Sportsmanlike <laughs> ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We enter, we out with Usher headlining the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, I'm all over it. This is going to be awesome. I'm in on Usher doing it. And I thought the one they did with Coach Prime, the meme, that was amazing in terms of announcing it. Like, how do you know it? Because I'm Coach Prime. I know everything. (laughs) Like, I, I love the fact that everybody's getting behind it and promoting it. Usher doing the Super Bowl. Is awesome. If you haven't seen Usher in concert, I encourage you to do it because the guy puts on a show. This is going to be great. So two things. One, she's in it because she's been going to his shows all the time. And they've had viral videos of her in Vegas. Two, you said something that we blew by in the previous segment. You can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. You said, how happy is Roger Goodell that Taylor Swift has brought fans to the NFL? I didn't even think about it. She does overshadow the Usher announcement yesterday. Yeah. That, it happened. You know, there was a music tie into the NFL yesterday. Usher, baby, I'm in it. All right, well, let's talk about the Jets and the Patriots. Shout out to Evan, his Patriots winning the first game of the season. Hey. Victory Monday I, I for Evan. I felt better in the losses against the Eagles and the Dolphins than I did in the win against the, the Jets, oddly enough. Yeah. About was, the team. I mean, it was an ugly victory. Yes. It was an ugly day. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> ugly it takes day. to get a win. No style points in the NFL, by all means, Smalls. Well, speaking of ugly, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, there was a a scuffle, if you will, between the Patriots and the Jets, between Sauce Gardner and Mac Jones. We saw them getting a little physical with one another, and Sauce Gardner addressed it after the game. Did you have to ice up after the Mac Jones hit? <laughs> man, my stomach hurting a little bit. Oh, man. I mean, uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I do got to do got to ice up. He's trying to stop me from having kids in the future. <laughs> 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 He's tripping. 
Sauce Gardner intimating there that Mac Jones hit him where the sun doesn't shine. Cece, has that ever happened to you? No, it hasn't happened to me. I've seen it before, especially from this dude, Mac Jones. He's a habitual line stepper when it comes to this. This ain't the first time Mac Jones has done that. Like, this ain't the first time that he's targeted the family jewel. Like, there's a problem with Mac Jones going after other guys. And there's an unwritten code in the NFL that you're not supposed to do that. And Mac Jones doesn't give a damn about that unwritten code. I got a problem with it. That's not something that you're supposed to be doing. Here's the thing, though. I think that yesterday, more than any other day that I can remember in watching the NFL, you saw the difference in terms of how quarterbacks are treated. As a Pats fan, if some of the things that happened to Mac Jones happened to Tom Brady, they would have called flags on it. They let anything happen to Mac Jones yesterday. It was a two-way street. He got beat up a little bit. But follow-up question on that. Because guys go back and forth on this. Did you wear a cup when you played? Do all guys wear a cup? Nobody wears a cup in the NFL. What are you talking about? Nobody wears no, a cup? No. Like running backs don't wear this a cup? This ain't peewee football, dog. What are you talking about? I'm just asking no, the question. Nobody wears a cup in the NFL. Nobody. Wow. Nobody. I don't understand. Well, you can get hit. Don't look at me. I don't you know. You get hit. How? Yeah. You don't think running backs get hit there no, you, when they're tackled? Okay. I, 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 can we go to the next one, Smalls? Because I've been made so – you've done so many things to make me so uncomfortable this morning. You're like, I, don't, I don't even know what we're supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go. Well, we're going to go to college football. Thank we're going to talk about Clemson because so far in this college football season, we spent a lot of time talking about Dion in Colorado. And that was worth it. We've talked about Alabama and their quarterback situation. But how about Clemson, Florida State? So they were leading 24-17 to 17 mm, in the fourth quarter. Mm, mm. They ended up losing the game. Florida State beats Clemson 31-24. to 24. Clemson's out of the national title picture already. We're not even to October yet. And a lot of people are wondering about Dabo Swinney, about his future at Clemson. He's got $11 million annually. I want to check in with you guys. Where are you on Dabo and Clemson? I know Dabble better go in that transfer portal. He's been talking about how he only wants to put together a team with recruiting classes. You better get some of them transfers because, <laughs> bro, you're going to need them. And here's the thing. The first position that should be on a docket is the damn kicker. That's why kickers aren't football players. The Clemson-Florida State game. That was a game that Clemson was supposed to win. Less than two minutes to go. A chip shot range field goal. Your kicker's got to make the kick. What are you doing? Make the damn kick. <laughs> You know what Dabo has done to himself? He's actually cost himself the Alabama job. There was all this talk forever that he was going to be the successor to Nick Saban at his school where he played, where he loves. If you're Alabama and Nick Saban were to say, you know what, I'm good, I'm walking away, I'm retiring, you can't hire Dabo. No way can you hire Dabo. He does, as CeCe said, he doesn't, he doesn't actually operate in the modern-day college football world. You can't hire him. I st- I'm still not over it. You miss a 29-yard <laughs> field goal? The kicker has one job. Jonathan Welch, you have one job. And you missed a 29-yard field goal. Mm. Come on, dog. What are we doing? Like, when the rest of the team is practicing, what the hell are you doing? Like, what? Like, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> when the rest of the team is on the practice field, what is Jonathan Welch doing? Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, I, I just don't get it. This you is a can't miss that kick. It can't happen. An opportunity to upset a top-five team at home right. after you had an embarrassing loss to Duke. That's a game y'all supposed to win, dog. Is CC versus kickers on our beef list? Because it should be if it's not there. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. And punters. And yeah. punters. Kickers and Specialists. And backup. Specialists. 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 But yeah. I think you're right about Dabble and the Alabama job because – 
whenever Nick Saban does decide to walk away, a lot of people assumed he would be the heir apparent. But right now, you have no to way. you have to wonder. I, I was reading all these articles yesterday. Clemson fans are calling for a buyout option. There is all these think pieces on can you still win the Dabo way? Unless you know he hasn't. Uh, he's been very vocal about not appreciating some of the ways that the college football landscape mm-hmm. has evolved. I'm just wondering if we've seen the peak of Clemson under Dabo. Yes, we have. You don't have to wonder. We have seen. The peak <laughs> We've seen it, and that's probably not going to be enough for Ipte and the boosters at Clemson. So Dabo is on borrowed time. Smalls, you know I'm your accountability partner, yes. so I am disappointed that you had one omission. What? Tell me. Gardner Minshew pulling an Orlovsky and stepping out of the back of you the end what? zone. Now I get That's that the Colts won the game, That's a miss, baby. but I mean Gardner Minshew stepping out of the back of the end zone for a safety. And giving Dan Orlovsky some more company in terms of bonehead quarterback plays. Like, I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I feel like that should have been included on the small things. No, so, you're right. You're right. So, with that, though, I have a take on Gardner, Gardner Minshew. I don't understand for the life of me. And the video we're showing on the TV side doesn't necessarily help with this take here. How, how can anyone sit there and tell me that Gardner Minshew is not one of the be- 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL? How is that possible? He's been this way for years. I would rather have Gardner Minshew than Ryan Tannehill. I would rather have Gardner Minshew than Justin Fields. I would rather have Gardner Minshew than Zach Wilson. On the whole, I understand it's looking different this year. I'd probably rather have Gardner Minshew than Baker Mayfield. Why is Gardner Minshew not a stopgap starting quarterback for some of these teams? That he's brought in as a backup. How is he not one of the 32 best QBs in the league? Because teams recognize that there's a ceiling on your squad when Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback. Uh, you're not a team that can have championship aspirations with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback. I don't even know if you're a team that can have playoff aspirations with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback for 17 regular season so games. So then he's in the no man's land of he's not good enough to make the playoffs and not bad enough to tank. There you yes. go. So that's the answer as to why he's not go. a starting quarterback. He's in the gray area. So he actually is one of the 32 best, but he doesn't fit either, either goal of either making the playoffs or tanking. Yeah, but I mean, uh, a quarter of the league on any given year is looking for an answer at the quarterback spot, and I don't think they look at Gardner Menchu as somebody that's going to be that answer. They're always going to be looking to upgrade based on the talent. So, Speaking of QBs, how many QBs now should be in on Kirk Cousins? We will get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And the Vikings yesterday lose to the Chargers, even though the Chargers tried to give the Vikings the game by going for it on a fourth and one late in their own territory. Numbers, I guess, back up. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Vikings, decision to uh, head coach of the Chargers, excuse me, decision to do that on the analytics, but it seemed ridiculous. And now 
in the easiest pick of the year, we all said it, the Vikings on the under this year after winning all those close games a year ago and letting some of their players go. Some of them made sense. Some of them did not. Dalvin Cook not doing anything with the Jets. Adam Thielen has been phenomenal with the Panthers, and I would expect him to be a midseason trade candidate if they're out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, why not, even though they don't have their own first-round pick? Chicago does. But Kirk Cousins is a guy that is a unique player on so many levels, he's been unbelievable fin- unbelievable financially over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. All kinds of guaranteed contracts. He has been way better than fans want to acknowledge. He's always been a top half of the league quarterback. Obviously, the interception we're showing at the end doesn't back that up. And he's on an expiring contract right now. And you have teams around the league that we've all talked about the Jets. But I would argue that there are other teams that should think about him. Let mm. me just throw a couple out at you. Go ahead. From the Tennessee Titans... I understand that I have Will Levis, and I understand I have Malik Willis' backups. Right now, i got to consider a Kirk Cousins deal if that's out there. I'll also give you another one. The Atlanta Falcons. If Desmond Ritter is fine at best, what if B. John Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts have that guy? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Are there other teams that should be, if there is a Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, that should be in on the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes? Depending on what happens with Derek Carr in New Orleans, maybe the Saints? Yeah, if he's out for a significant period of time. I, if you put Kirk Cousins on the Saints, I think we're all going to sit there and say easily they win that division. They yeah. may do that anyway, but easily they win that division. Yeah, I mean, you could make that argument for the Washington Commanders. I mean, I, although I don't think I'm out on Sam Howell, what Sam Howell did yesterday, the four interceptions is not a good look. And taking all of the sacks, he's holding the ball way too long. But, yeah, there's a case to be made that Kirk Cousins could fit in a lot of places. But let's not bury the lead when it comes to that game yesterday because the interception at the end, that wasn't on Kirk Cousins. T.J. Hawkinson has got to make that catch. And if he does, then we're having a different conversation around Brandon Staley's job security this morning. But, hell, it might end up happening anyway where he gets clipped at the end of the season. No team is better at blowing big leads than the Los Angeles Chargers are. I mean, they, they've, they've got the most blown double-digit leads going back to the start of last season. And here's the thing. They did it again yesterday. They were up by 11. They end up being down 24-21 to 21 in that game. Now they end up coming back and scoring a touchdown and making a four-point lead. But those things can't happen. Like Keenan Allen had a couple of big catches, um, 20-plus yard catches, and then Josh Palmer with a 30-yard catch from Justin Herbert. Like that ended up bailing the Chargers out on the offensive side of the ball, being able to take that game-leading score. But then your head coach decides on fourth and one from his own 24, up four, less than two minutes to go, to go for it, and you get stopped, and you gift the Minnesota Vikings a scoring opportunity at point-blank range. I don't give a damn what the analytics say. Punt the football and make the Vikings drive the length of the field when you have a four-point lead. You don't give them an opportunity on the fringe of the red zone and your team is only up by four. To me, analytics are used to justify bonehead coaching decisions sometimes, and that is case in point. I would just love to be inside the facility of the Chargers and hear what they're thinking about Brandon Staley. Because I think most people assumed he was going to lose his job after the meltdown in the playoffs last year. What are you waiting to see from him? What are you seeing from him that's allowing you to continue down this road? Because I think most NFL fans are scratching their heads and wondering why this is 
continuing with Brandon Staley as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. How much longer are we going to see this? I don't know, but I mean, at some point you got to hope that the Chargers recognize that coaching matters, right? I mean, they drafted Justin Herbert. Their coach was on the hot seat. Anthony Lidd fired him after year one. Coming into year four for Justin Herbert, the coach is on the hot seat. At some point, you have to acknowledge, we got to get a a, t- a premium coach in here, a top-shelf coach in here. You had the opportunity. Sean Payton was interested in the job, and you said, no, we're going to stay with Brandon Staley. You passed on Sean Payton, who is looked at as a better football mind than Brandon Staley, and he's an offensive-minded coach. Hello, you got a quarterback that you just paid $250 million to. Why not go with that guy to mentor a young Justin Herbert? Now, Sean didn't cover himself in glory yesterday yeah. down in Miami. Did not, but, no. but again, he's getting paid $18 million a year. There's a reason why a team gave him that kind of contract and gave up a first-round pick in order to get him. Sean is really good at his job yeah. when he has the quarterback that meshes well with his system. Justin Herbert is like having a Ferrari, and then Brandon Staley is like giving the keys of said Ferrari to a teenager. That's where we're at with Brandon Staley. You can't trust that scenario. You give a teenager a Ferrari, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be wrecked on the side of the road. That's exactly what's happening to the L.A. Chargers season right now. The weirdest part about this whole thing is that we all could sit here and say that Sean Payton made more sense for the Chargers, and we all believe, without having factual information, but it's a belief that Sean Payton would have rather gone to the Chargers than the Broncos. And yet, as we sit here three weeks into the season, I don't think either situation is good right now, obviously. I mean, the Broncos gave up 70 points, not a bold statement. But I don't think either franchise is looking at the state of their franchise, excited about the future. And they, the Chargers have that Ferrari, as you mentioned, in the, the quarterback and Herbert. And the Broncos thought they had that Ferrari as a coach in the case of Peyton. Mm-hmm. Both franchises are probably sitting back saying, this is a problem right now. Yeah, but I think the Broncos' problem was the investment that they made in the quarterback more so than the investment that they made on the coach. But they didn't even Sean want Payton that Sean Payton didn't forget how to coach in two years. He also has a big hole to dig out of. Yeah. I like, still don't buy that they wanted that quarterback, though. I believe that they, they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they wanted Rodgers. They right. thought they were going to get Rodgers, and they settled, quote-unquote, for Russell Wilson. I thought they made it the right move in getting Russell Wilson. Once you didn't get Rodgers, how, at that point, taking a shot on Russell Wilson I thought was a great move. It looks horrible right now. Well, There's if, no way around it. If you're the Broncos, after all the quarterbacks that you had gone through, Russell Wilson was at that point at least a proven commodity, or he thought he was a proven commodity. If you can't get Aaron Rodgers, I don't think anyone panned the move at the time. It's just no. been far more of a disaster than any of us anticipated. Yeah, they didn't look at the Carfax for Russell Wilson. That, that, that's what happened. Yeah, but they, they, didn't, you know what, they didn't realize that this is a guy that relies on his athleticism in order to make a whole lot of plays, but he was at the tail end of his athletic prime. And because of that, some of the off-schedule, second reaction plays that we're used to seeing, he's not able to make. And quite frankly, that doesn't mesh well with Sean Payton's style, his X's and O's, his overall football philosophy. That's not revisionist history. We said that coming into this. So it's not a surprise to me that that looks clunky. What's surprising is that the defense is so bad, but when you make the kind of investment that they made in the quarterback and the picks that they gave up to get the quarterback, picks and players, you can understand why this team is struggling. You took away from a strength your defense to add to your offense, and now your offense can't win the day and they can't protect your defense. So it's a bad situation in Denver, no doubt, but I'm not sitting here and going to blame Sean Payton for their 0-3 start. I think the lion's share of that responsibility belongs to Russell Wilson. Yeah, but I think like the way in which we say about the Bears, they just never develop a quarterback, and so why would we trust them, is the way that the Broncos think the other way. We did it with Manning. Why couldn't we do it with Wilson? 
It's not working out at this point. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.